0: Super. you love Jesus? yeah. He's so amazing, so wonderful. Amen. Amen. Jesus is so amazing, so wonderful. I want to talk uh, just a bit to you today. This is um, my the message, the foundation of the Lord. It's actually message eight. Um, and uh, it's called our final victory. Sometimes when we walk through life, we... We wonder if we're going to make it. I mean, maybe you've never felt like that, but i felt like that too many times, uh, more times than I'd like to remember. You know, Lord, am I going to do all right? Yeah. You know, life is just too overbearing at times, too difficult. Uh, the waters of life are too rough to navigate. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Uh, I've felt like that in my life. and uh, But I want to assure you, that God assures us of final victory. He assures us that everything that we go through, we're going to get through. Uh, You may feel like, well, there are a lot of things I haven't gotten through yet, but you're not dead yet. I find that that some of the things I could not get through at 20, I've gotten through later. And uh, those things that were... So difficult, even if I, as it were, got through, I was beaten and, and, and bloodied, as it were. But I find that the more Jesus works with me, the more he loves me, I get better and better. Our present and final victory is not based on our ability to get through something because we are all that. Our present and our final victory our uh, base is based upon, our victory is based upon Jesus Christ, our foundation. Amen. It's based on Jesus Christ. And it's not just based on him. It, it also comes out of him. Our victory is through him. So you, uh, Jesus ought to be your best friend. Uh, Jesus, the Bible says, he is our foundation. He is a tried stone, that that is a tested stone, one that has proven proven to be reliable. He is a precious stone, that means of great value. He is a sure foundation, that means that you can trust him. And he is, frankly, he is the one on whom we lay hold of eternal life. You may say, I know that, but can you repeat that? You know, you know that, but do you really embrace that? And if you do, and sh- should you embrace that, you will become everything that it is that we are saying that God has given you. You will become what God speaks into us. We become, and God is speaking this into us. It isn't like, for example, it's impossible for you and 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 uh, me to be. Uh, sanctified by ourselves we cannot be set apart we can't be holy we can't be righteous by ourselves but we can in Christ we can because he has become all of that for us so I want to talk a bit more about victory and what that victory looks like in 1 Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6 1 Timothy chapter 6 let's look at verses 12 through 16 1 Timothy six twelve through 16. Paul talks to Timothy, and when Paul is speaking to Timothy, he is speaking to us as well. He's speaking to you. Because sometimes we'll be going through something, God will be showing us the way out, and we'll be thinking about the thing that we're going through and how we can't get out. It happens. And so he tells Timothy, and thus tell, he tells us, fight the good fight of faith. So what what Timothy is saying to Paul in this this little uh, clause here, he is saying fight, that is, believe, struggle, wrestle with faith. Use faith as your weapon. That is, you're going to trust and believe God no matter what. You're going to trust and believe God. Now, uh, let me say, anyone who dies for you ought to be trustable. And you ought to be able to trust that person who would die for you when you were guilty and they were innocent. They were not an accomplice. Look here. Fight the good fight of faith so you don't fight the devil. How many, somebody in here probably been fighting the devil? You don't fight the devil. The way you deal with the enemy is. By believing what God said about you when the devil lies to you. You believe what God says about you. I, you know, I told you the story when we were young kids, uh, and uh, somebody would come to the church and have a word and say, God is pleased with you. We thought they were talking about somebody else. And we, weren't, or we weren't, you know, as it were, horrible devils, but we, we weren't all that either. And so when they would say that, it's like, God is pleased with you, you know, you're... Oh, you're talking about me? How can God be pleased with me? Because he sees me in his son. And so he tells him to fight the good fight of faith, keep on believing, even when it seems like you're losing, keep on believing. Right? It seemed like Jesus was losing when he was hanging on the cross, nailed to it. It, I mean, anybody, you can say, I didn't believe. Oh, yes, stop. Yes, we all, if we were to look at a, a naked man nailed to a tree, you thought whoever nailed him there was the winner. But they were not the winner. He was winning. And not only was he winning, he was in charge. And you can be in a situation where difficult things are happening, but you're still in charge. Why are you in charge? Because you're God's person. That's why. And you believe God no matter what. He says, fight the good fight of faith to lay hold on eternal life. Listen, lay hold on eternal life. Now, Jesus is the eternal life, so you lay hold on Jesus. He says, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called. You were called to lay hold of eternal life. So God called you to lay hold of eternal life. And he says, and not only that is, does he say to Timothy, but he says, and, and have confessed. You have you you have you, you fight fight the good fight of faith, lay all of eternal life to which you were called, and have confessed the good confession. You have we don't know the exact formula uh, for the good confession, but I have some idea. He says, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We just have to testify. When I was growing up, we we couldn't testify here. If everybody here testified, then uh, we would never get out of church on Sunday. But our little small churches, we were testified. Anybody here go to a church like that? Oh, really? Really? Well, I am happy. Surprised. But, but, so we had to testify, and the pastor said, because when you come to a place where you want to give up because of the word of your testimony, you'll keep going. You know? Because Jesus is our testimony. We would always say that. And I remember... Uh, the sister's saying something like uh, for, for God I live and for God I die and, and I'm going to be there with, with the Lord I'm going to go all the way with the Lord <clears throat> that, that was their testimony, that was their confession I'm going to go all the way with the Lord I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to get tired I will go all the way with the Lord I will trust the Lord till I die wow, that sounds good and so I gave that as my testimony and boy, I got into a trial I thought, uh oh I shouldn't have said that. But no, I should have said that. Because in the middle of the of the trial, God brought back my good confession that I was going to live for Jesus until I died. I would die in the Lord. And that's a good confession. So, so you ought to make those kinds of confessions in front of many witnesses. Many witnesses. Said, no, I, I love Jesus and I'm never going back. I'm never going back to that which is... Is death and decay. Yeah. Make a good confession. Make I am called of God, therefore I will finish strong and I will finish well. Make those kinds of confessions. Amen. So he goes on to say, I urge you, now notice, in the sight of God. Wow. So he's saying to us is that God is witnessing. God is our witness. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing, which he will manifest in his own time, he who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has has seen, or can see, to whom be glory and everlasting power. Amen. And so Paul gives this great, great doxology. He gives a great doxology here. He says, I urge you in the sight of God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. And this is what Jesus did before Pontius Pilate. He declared who he is, was, who he is. He says, He said he is king. His kingdom is from another place. He kept the call of God on his life in spite of a great trial. He was looking at the man who was going to sentence him to death, and he did not shrink back. So if you're looking at a trial that's causing you anguish, don't look back, but make the good confession. I am who God has said I am. I am a winner. I'm not a loser. I'm an overcomer. I'm not overcome. That's what you have. Make those confessions about you because you are really somebody in the Lord. Now, you're not just somebody, as it were. I'm somebody, but in the Lord. All right, in the Lord you are. And he, he, Paul, in his blessing, he calls God the Father um, the, the only potentate, the great ruler. God is great ruler. God is bigger than the universe. He's much bigger than the universe. I would say to you, God can hold the universe in his hand and still have a lot of space. God, this is the God we serve and the God whom we know. And and he should be uh, strengthening us every day when we meditate on the God that we know. The God has saved us and has so saved us that nobody can unsave us Uh, Nobody, Nobody can do that. Nobody can take us from God. They're not big enough. Hallelujah. Right? You know, so you have to understand these things as you navigate through life. And so he is the only uh, potentate king of kings. Lord of lords. And so he describes God the Father as King of kings and Lord of lords. And I've told you what the scriptures say about uh, God the Father. They also then say that about Jesus. And then what the scriptures say in many of most cases about Jesus, they say it about you and me. In most cases. I don't don't know what that does for you, but it, it causes me to praise and worship at night. Yeah, during the day, but especially at night. Now notice here, he says that God alone has more immortality. So now this is what you and I told, told Timothy, lay hold of eternal life or immortality. Lay hold of that. He said that God alone has it. So if, if I want immortality, I want God. All right, but not just some generic God. I want the God of the Bible. Not the God of any other book, the God of the Bible. And I want Jesus Christ, his son, who is the only way to the God of the Bible. And so he alone uh, has immortality. And listen, he dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see. And what Paul wants you to understand is that if you want to go to where that God is, if you want what that God has, you're going to need a vehicle to get you there. You're going to need a vehicle to get you there because you can't go. You're going to have a vehicle through whom you can see, and that vehicle is Jesus. That's the person of Jesus. You and I have not made a mistake by putting our faith in Jesus. Because God, God lives an unapproachable life. You can't go to God. You've you, you heard the ignorant and the unlearned say things like, Yeah, when I go to God, I'm going to go, you know. Have you ever heard that? If you haven't heard that, you haven't been around long enough. You haven't been with the right crowd of guys, right? You know, you, 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 who are you to boast yourself against God? Number one, how can you, if you were to fight God, how could you win? Somebody said, you, your arms are too short to box with God. You know, how can you win? You can't even see him. Pow! You know what? <laughs> I mean, you know, how can you win? You cannot win, right? And he lives an approachable light. It means you can't get there without a proper vehicle, and Jesus is your vehicle. Amen. And this first, uh, this uh, 1 Timothy 6.15, the one we've just read, the scripture we've just read, makes us think of Jesus right. Makes us think of Jesus who in Revelation 17.14 In in Revelation 17, 14, he says, these will make war with the lamb, Jesus, the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them. Every time I read of of Jesus being the lamb in scripture, I want to explain to everybody that that Jesus is a lamb. (laughs) I want to explain to everybody that he is not this gun-toting lion, you know. I, I want to do that. Not t- you know, I don't want to, you ever think that Jesus is some roaring lion and, and, and carnivorous? <laughs> he's not. But Jesus is the lamb. He is the lion in title and office, but here he's the lamb, right? says they will make war with the lamb. Seems like to me there wouldn't be much of a war if you're making war with the lamb. But this lamb is like no other lamb. And, and listen, and the lamb will overcome them. Come on, a lamb. God is just showing us how, how, how uh, formidable he is and, and how not so formidable is, uh, are those who are against him. That's why the Bible says, if God is for you, who can be against you? Because God says, "A lamb, the lamb will overcome them. Come on, it's amazing. You know, it says the lamb will. Why? For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. I, I, he's, he's Lord of lords, but He's overcoming them. He says, "He's why? Why? Because He is as His Father." That's so big. You and I should put all of our confidence in in the Lord Jesus and never waver, never waver, never waver. Doesn't matter what comes against you t- t- today or tomorrow. Doesn't matter what comes against you. It's not going to win. It's not going to win. Sometimes I feel really feel tested and tried. I feel like a, an 18-wheeler just ran into me, you know? I, I feel like that. I know you've had some feelings like that, I'm sure. Uh, like an 18-wheeler. Well, some of you are looking at me, no, not an 18-wheeler, maybe a Volkswagen or
1: something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But an 18-wheeler just hit me. And I just feel like, God, when will it stop? <laughs> when will it stop? I know you've had to have those. When will it stop? And then suddenly you feel like you're just smashed on the pavement of life. And then suddenly you find yourself getting up. You take your form again. Isn't that what, what happens to us? You're, you're not, you're stretched out of sorts, but now you've stayed up. You're, you got your form again. You go, oh, why was I b- bothered about that? In Jesus' name, you just go on. Why? 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 This is why. It says, for the Lamb will overcome them, those who make war with him. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings and those who are with him. You. I'm looking at those who are with him. I'm looking at you. Those who are with him are called, chosen and faithful chosen and faithful and so i make the good confession if the devil is listening we are chosen we are we are faithful we are chosen god has called us and he didn't call us to defeat he called us to victory hallelujah someone now hallelujah someone thank you jesus thank you jesus so we have to know who we are and know what we have and know what we can do. We are God's people. We are called of God. We are chosen of God. And we are faithful because he is faithful to us. It's is Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. I love Jesus. My wife, my wife grew up in in the city, and uh, you know, sort of like a a, the hood, but it was barrio. (laughs) She she grew up in a barrio. I'm I'm, no no jokes. I'm I'm sorry. But sometimes she would say, "I love me some Don," and I was thinking about that. Say, "I love me some Jesus." I love me some Jesus. You know what? You can say it just like you said. If you're from barrio, you're from the hood, or you're from the, the swankiest place in town, you know, from the city of, of New York, or wherever you're from, you ought to love you some Jesus. Amen. Because he's amazing. He's amazing. So what the scripture says about the Father it says about the Son, and almost everything it says about the Son, it says about the, the followers, those who are saved by the Son. In Revelation 19, verse 16. 1916, it says, and are you there, 1916, Revelation. He says, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. What is he? Now his name is written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Praise the Lord. King of kings. And Lord of lords, Lord of lords, Lord of lords. And so this title of God the Father is given to the Son, and you and I are followers in his victory. And this word, when he says he alone, the Father alone has immortality, or God alone has immortality, it means that God is not subject to death. God is not subject to death. Man is subject to death. But God is not subject to death. Our God has immortality. And it's, it's, the, it's, the, uh, uh, and it's essential to his being. It's an essential. Immortality is an essential to his being. He is immortal. immortal. He is invisible. He is wise. In 1 Timothy 1.17, he says to us, Now... To the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And so because God, because God is immortal, because he is not subject to death, he is life and the giver of life. He is life and the giver of life. He is also incorruptible, the Bible says. So God, the Lord Jesus, is incorruptible. That means he is not subject to decay, nor is he subject to change. And so what what do we we get out of that? He is not subject to decay. It means he's going to be here forever. He is not subject to change. That means you can trust him. You can trust him. When you feel like you don't have any more gasoline in your tank, you can trust him to get you there. He doesn't need gas in your tank to get you there. Hallelujah. He's not subject to change. In this life, we have mortal bodies. You know, we are mortal. We bleed. We get sick. But when Jesus returns, we are going to share in his immortality. He is going to share his immortality with us. You may ask, well, I, you know why? I remember as a kid, I remember as a kid, I used to think i don 't know if I want to live forever. I may get tired of living There's the kid. You ever, you ever think like that? Nobody, or well, y'all are a lot smarter than me. Maybe you ought to be up here preaching, <laughs> or maybe God has to be preaching because I 've come a long way. <laughs> But, but, but I used to think I may, I may, maybe i get tired of living, because I was looking at it from a little boy's humanity. I was looking at it as a little boy who got tired when he worked, he got tired when he played. And I thought it would be terrible to be living forever and tired. But no, we won't change. So we will, we will be fresh every millisecond of eternity. We will be refreshed. We, as a matter of fact, refreshing will live in us, as it were. And we will, we will never be tired, we will never grow old, we will never grow weary, but have joy forever. This is an amazing reality. And when you, when you look at this against living forever without God, living forever with God looks really good. Even the worst sinner, the vilest of sinner, doesn't know what it's like to be without some aspect of God. It's amazing. And so he who thinks he would be fine without God doesn't really know what it would be like to be without God. But one day, God will give us all humanity what we want. He will give all of us what we want. Those who want him, we will have him forever. Those who don't want him, they won't have him. And they will be forever. He will give us what we want. I want him, and I love him. I want us to remember that that Paul explained all these truths to, about God in order to encourage Timothy. The things that we've just shared, he, he talked about these amazing truths to encourage Timothy, to fight the good fight of faith and not to give up. And whenever I talk to you about Jesus, that's what I'm saying to you, is that I'm showing you... Uh, uh, what you have in Christ, who you have in Christ. I'm showing you how no weapon formed against you will ever be able to prosper. I'm showing you that, that when the enemy comes in with a flood of difficulty, that you won't be drowned by it. I, I'm just saying that when he lights a fire to destroy you, you're not going to be consumed by it. And, and some of us are in our trials, and we stay in our trials because we've not learned enough. But, but he wants us to be fortified in the truth, fortified by the truth of God. That's what he wants for us. And so we're in the fire, but we can't be burned. That's amazing. You know, and uh, you go through them and the smell of smoke is not on you. You, know, you. you don't smell like smoke. When I see believers around the world, I see believers who have been through all kinds of things, all kinds of problems. I've, I've seen people who've been so abused when they tell you about the abuse. It make, it, you, if you don't cry, you don't have a heart. And and they don't look like they've been abused at all because of Christ. Because of Christ. And so he he tells, he's telling Timothy all these amazing things about God, about Christ, so that Timothy uh, would not even feel like giving up, would not even think about giving up. You and I do not need to fear uh, life or the things that come with life because God is ruler over everything. Our God and Father is the ruler of, over all things. We don't need to fear death because he shares immortality with us. Jesus has given us his resurrection life. And so right now we, we have immortality in these mortal frames. It's so amazing to me. Let, let, me, let me hurry. Um, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 and 10, he talks about this too. So I'm saying, let us, let us receive these things. Let, let us internalize the truth of God. Allow me to inculcate the truth in you. And when you get home, you do some self-inculcation if you would like. He says, therefore, verse 8, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Don't be ashamed of the testimony. don't be ashamed that you believe in a man who was nailed to a cross. Don't be ashamed that you, were, uh, you believe in a man who was stripped naked and, and, and crucified. Don't be ashamed. nor of me his prisoner. Sometimes in modern times, believers are ashamed if something bad happens to a good person. You know, you're a man of God, a woman of God, and something bad happens, we're ashamed. We try to explain it away, you know, no, 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 no. When these negatives happen, he says, don't, don't be ashamed of me as prisoner. Here's this great apostle Paul is a prisoner. So, if he's such the, the reasoning is the rationale is if he's so great, well, why does that happen? There are some uh, places I understand in the world where if, if you're a pastor and you're a poor, they say you're not anointed. You know, isn't that crazy? What we you know, and here he said, Don't be ashamed of me as prisoner. But, Share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. We have a lot of apostles there, I don't want to get off on that. But a lot of quote-unquote apostles who they riding high and flying high. But uh, they don't suffer. That, that suffering is a sign of something. You know, you ought to make the devil mad enough to where he's coming after you. You live so righteously he wants to get rid of you. Hakuna Matata. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I always knew that one day the devil would be mad. But I didn't know he'd go on internet and threaten me and threaten my family. I wasn't thinking quite like that. But as I've often said, I'm not afraid of the devil. And that's why Paul wrote to Timothy. No, I'm not living a cavalier life. Yes, I do look out the window to make sure that nobody's out there loaded and ready. Locked and loaded, as they say in Texas. Yes, but I am not afraid of the enemy. And don't you be afraid of the enemy. Paul says to Timothy, but don't be ashamed, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. According with, to the power of God... Who, God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Now, I want you to understand that you are called of God. That you are called in the same way Israel was called. You're called in the same way the disciples were called. You're you're called in the same way that Peter was called when he was in the boat and said, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. He said, come, you're called. And Peter walked on the impossible, and so will you. You're called. Not according to our works. Not according to our works. But according to his own purpose. According to his own purpose and grace. Listen. Which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Now what does that mean? What this means is there is absolutely nothing. In time or space that can negate what God has given to us and done for us in Christ. That's what that means. That's what that means. No trial, no trial can take you from God. No fire can burn you to ashes. Absolutely not. You remain, you remain, you remain, you remain. Now Paul says, but these things, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. What God has given to us has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The things that God has given to us, these things have been revealed. All of this has been revealed, saved us, called us with a holy calling, not of works, but according to his purpose and grace, which was given to us, before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He brought it through the gospel. He brought it through the gospel. And no wonder Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you called you out of darkness into his marvelous light in his thaumastos is the Greek thaumastos to be looked at with wonder and amazement he says he has called you into a place where you ought to be amazed amazed I was listening to some old messages that I preached for years decades ago and I was I, it was like I had one word amazing Was it was in every sermon. Amazing. You know? I could have said marvelous. Or I could have said astounding. Or I could have said thou Hallelujah. But to be looked at with amazement. We should be looking at our life in Jesus with amazement. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Who alone, he says, this God, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see to whom be glory and honor and everlasting power. So when the Lord comes in that day in glory and power to be glorified in his saints. Now listen, to be glorified where in his saints. Yeah. To be glorified in his saints. That's first 1 Thessalonians 1.10. 10. He says, And to be admired. Thaumazo. Thaumazo. It's another form of the marvelous light. He says, Thou wonder. He is going to be glorified in his saints and be wondered at. To have in admiration, to have in marvel. When we see Jesus, he's going to be the most majestic we have ever seen. It's going to be a a wow. Oh my goodness, God. Oh, bigger and better than I ever thought. Oh, Jesus, you know, that's like, but at the same time, we will be caught up with him because he says he will be glorified in his saints and be admired. There's to have and wonder to have and admiration to marvel at among those who believe because our testimony among you will believe. Now Let me read the final scriptures in first Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 58. This is talking about our final victory. So Paul encourages Timothy by saying, "Timothy, go through that stuff. That it doesn't matter. Right. You know, have you ever been mistreated? Anybody here ever been mistreated? Uh, most of you, uh, many of you, uh, been mistreated. And sometimes we feel like uh, I need to get revenge. You know, you ever felt like that? No? Yeah, in the past. In the past, you wanted revenge. Yeah." Some of you, anybody want to confess you're still there? (laughs) Oh, okay, not anymore. But, you know, we we wanted to because it hurt us. But you and I have victory, and Christ is that victory. Christ shares his immortality with us, his church, his body. And so that means that you and I will outlast everything that's coming against us. In verse 50, Paul says, Now I say this, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Therefore, we shall be changed. We're going to be made different. Therefore, we shall be changed. We will be made different because flesh and blood cannot enter. Behold, he says, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall not all have bodily death. We shall not all sleep. But we shall be changed. You're going to be changed so that we'll be able to enter that sphere. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the last trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible. That word incorruptible is afrothartos. Afrothartos. Incapable of decay. Not just incapable of decay. It's incapable of decay. We will be raised incapable of decay. We will be raised immortal. And we shall be changed, he says again. Made different. Made different from mortal to immortal. Verse 53, for this corruption, this farthartos, farthartos, farthartos. He saw this corruptible, farthartos, decayed, this perishable, must put on incorruption and this mortal that is what, that which is subject to death that which has a limited shelf life must be put must put on rather immortality must put on deathlessness that's what Paul is saying he said this is where you are headed to deathlessness to unlimited shelf life so when this corruption has put on incorruption and this mortal, this one who is subject to death in the body, has put on immortality, deathlessness, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death is swallowed up in victory. And so the, the apostle begins to exult in the Lord. He says, Oh, death. Where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? That's, that, that's going to be your explanation. Already, that reality is working in you. And then he explains the sting of death is sin. So, sin, what's he got? Deception, what's he got? And he says, then the strength of sin is the law. So the law keeps telling me, you're a sinner. You're a sinner, but can't do anything to help me. The law condemns me, but now in Christ, I'm on the other side of it. I'm in another jurisdiction. I'm in another jurisdiction. And you have to understand this. And, and when you understand it, when you really incorporate it, when you internalize it, you will, you will exalt right now. Not only in that day, but right now. P- perfect practice makes perfect. And so you need to practice now. And then Paul says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God. But thanks be to God literally means, but thanks be to God who keeps on giving me, giving us the victory. He keeps on doing it from strength to strength, from glory to glory. He keeps on. He'll never stop giving me victory from right now to a trillion years from now. If we could count them, he would still be giving you victory. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. And Paul, I said that was the last scripture, but let me quote a scripture for you. He says to the church of Jesus, and you have to understand this, because if in this life only we have hope, we are of all men most pitiable. If in this life it's all we got to have a few niceties, a little bit of comfort. He says to us, the church, he gives us this understanding. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But, but God has revealed them to us (laughs) through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Hallelujah. You and I, we have a glimpse of it. We can peek into and see those great things that God has. For the believer, those who love him. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody in the house. God has great things for you and me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship. Let's worship. cap on what the Lord is saying to us today. What a great cap that is. If you are here today and you have never received Christ as your Savior, never, I want you to raise your hand right now and be honest with God, with me, and, and raise your hand. I want to invite you to come to Jesus today. I'm not going to make you. I just want to invite you. Would you raise your hand if, you, if that's you? There's somebody here? Would you mind coming down, ma'am? And we'll meet you somebody will walk with you somebody will walk with you come on ladies one of you ladies come on be bold hallelujah and while she is coming I want to say to every believer that song tells says a lot to me he's been, all of our life he has been faithful and been so good